This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about golden syrup. Yes. Uh, which I had no idea what it was. Never had heard of it. Oh, really? Uh, oh, no. wow. <laughs> I'm given to understand that if I watched The Great British Bake Off, uh, I would have an idea. Um, yes. Or if I lived in the UK. But. <laughs> right. Or Australia or New Zealand. No. No? No. Nope. But the logo <laughs> is very memorable. We'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, okay. But you've, you've, all right. If you've heard of treacle tart. Yes. Then that is made with golden syrup. Yes. I so I I mean I must have encountered it. I just didn't know what it was when you suggested it. Okay. okay. I, this sounds like such a regal item. <laughs> Golden syrup. <laughs> it sounds like a video game thing that I'd be hunting down. Uh was there any particular reason it was on your mind? It had been on our on our idea list for a while. I assume because one of y'all suggested it. And for some heckin' reason, some part of my brain was like, oh, golden syrup. That's just a nice brand kind of related like industrial revolution product. It'll be relatively easy to research. It should be a light load for last week when I was trying to take a heckin' little bit of a vacation. Weird. Hmm. Didn't like it. Don't worry. Never again. Um, no, 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 I'm joking. It was terrific. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, uh, and I had forgotten that sugar is complicated. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I forgot <laughs> that. Um, but we're going to have lots of fun with this one. <laughs> it was quite humorous because it all came together very quickly. 
uh, as you were leaving, um, and then it became apparent that <laughs> wasn't. <gonna happen>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the reason that our last episode was a classic, y'all, was that I, I, I like messaged Annie in a state of panic, <laughs> at, like three thirty or four o'clock. <laughs> like half an hour before we were supposed to record. I'm like, nope. I can't do it today. <laughs> Can we do a classic on Kale instead? I'm like, yeah. I don't understand molasses at all. <laughs> it's complicated. I, I tried to figure it out at one point during the history section. Uh, I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> uh, that's not for me. Well, speaking of. You can see <laughs> our episodes we've done on honey, sugar, maple syrup, and molasses. Yes. I feel like there's other related things, but those were the big ones that came to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I suppose brings us to our question. Uh-huh. Golden syrup. What is it? Well, uh, golden syrup, also sometimes called light treacle, is a type of syrup made from sugar. Uh, it is golden in color and has a sort of similar consistency to, to, to honey, but with a more directly sweet taste and uh, hints of like caramel and kind of mildly tart to bitter sort of flavors. Yeah, those come from its production process. It is an industrial byproduct of refining cane or beet juice into granulated sugar, though it is further processed a little bit itself. Um, it can be used directly as a sweet topping or sauce for baked goods like pancakes or sponge cakes or on savory dishes like roast vegetables or a ham, but it's perhaps mostly used in applications where granulated sugar would be like a little bit of a pain in the rear. Um, like it's already a liquid, so you can easily dissolve it into cold drinks, and it's designed to resist crystallization, so it's useful in candy making and baking to keep your end product like ungrainy. Um, it can also help baked goods stay moist. It's like um, it's like if light corn syrup had a flavor. Um, it's like molasses's less bitter cousin. Um, it's just this this very sweet, golden, round sort of experience, like a like eating a childhood memory of the sun. Aww. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. syrup. And then I like to imagine molasses being all bitter in the background. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> in the shade. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, should we break down some of this sugar science, Lauren? I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Sugar, sugar. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, at, starting at the top, uh, refined white crystallized sugar, like table sugar, is uh, made by taking the juice from sugarcane or sugar beets and boiling it down to get most of the water out, then spurring on the crystallization process somehow, um, usually with a few crystals of sugar. Because essentially, on a molecular level, if you put a few crystals of sugar in with liquid sugar, a lot of the liquid stuff goes, oh, oh, that's a great idea, fabulous, yes, and it will crystallize as well. Um, you can then centrifuge out the crystals from the remaining cooked-down syrup. Because the cooked-down syrup is sticky, um, if you're doing this on, like, an industrial level, it helps if you simultaneously wash the crystals using a solution of already refined sugar in water. If you use just water, uh, it would dissolve those hard-earned crystals, but, um, but this solution is like, nah, we're already full up on sucrose here, we're cool. So it's an effective, I guess, like gentle wash. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so after you take the crystals out, you are left with this slightly watered down syrup. 
that syrup is referred to as refiner's return syrup. And very basically, you can keep reusing it, um, but sometimes you have too much to use or you decide to start a fresh batch. So um, if you want, you can boil it and crystallize as much sugar as possible out of it, which will darken it in color and make it develop all kinds of these rich, bitter flavors from caramelization. Um, and that's a dark treacle. Or if it's a little bit darker, it's molasses. Or if it's basically not even sweet anymore, it's blackstrap molasses. But if you just take that refiner's return syrup and purify it a little bit, um, that is golden syrup or light treacle or cane syrup. Yeah, and it's just incredibly shelf-stable, resistant to crystallization, golden in color, and with just a little bit of the toasty flavors that you get from caramelization and about a fifth again as sweet as table sugar. Um, that's like 20% more sweet if you don't speak British. And okay, um, it is so resistant to crystallization because, again, extremely basically, I I'm not a chemist, uh, table sugar is sucrose, which is a molecule made up of glucose and fructose that are holding hands. And sucrose really enjoys being a crystal. But if you can get the glucose and the fructose to stop holding hands, they're a lot happier to exist as a liquid at room temperature. This is also sometimes called invert sugar because of the way that light shines through it compared with liquid sucrose, which is the way that you assess the content of a sugar syrup. Okay. <laughs> That's not what I, okay, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, well, I mean, I guess it's technically like poetically inverted because it's a liquid rather than a crystal, but this is the real reason that that's the name of that. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are a chemist and, and I'm wrong, <laughs> let me know. I, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that's what's up. Uh, um, I, I do have the general idea that since this became a popular and also a modern product, um, the production process has become extremely precise. I say a general idea because I don't understand what it's talking about. That is a factually correct statement that I just made. And also, I can't explain it any further. So here we are. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes, this is a industrial product. Um, you can approximate it at home by cooking down some water and table sugar um, with a little bit of acid, like a, like a lemon juice to help invert the sucrose until you have something the consistency and color of like a light honey. And yeah, at that point, you can use it in just what, whatever, whatever you like that calls for golden syrup if you have bought a tin of it or a bottle. I understand it comes in bottles these days, um, <laughs> but it's really hard to find outside of the ex-United Kingdom, so. Yes, yes, and I found a very funny article that was like, Americans stop trying to recreate with a substitute. <laughs> um, <laughs> buy it online or forget mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> made me laugh. Uh, well, what about the nutrition? Ah, sugar is a treat. Treats are nice. That being said, uh, because in golden syrup, that sucrose has been broken down into fructose and glucose, and because different sugars and other sweeteners uh, can taste sweeter than sucrose, right, you don't need to use as much golden syrup versus, like, white table sugar to get the same level of sweetness. 
Uh, fructose tastes a decent bit sweeter than sucrose. Uh, glucose, just a little bit less sweet. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 well, uh, we have some numbers for you. Some of them are in the history section. Yeah. All right. So, y'all, I, I am w- one of the times that I yelled at my computer screen today. <laughs> it was mm. more than once was that I could not find industrial numbers on how much golden syrup is produced and sold. This seems like the kind of thing that sugar companies would be so excited to talk about. And I could find nothing. Um, (sighs) Mm -hmm. So I wanted to share with you... um, a little bit of the text from Rages's, uh, that that's Rages being one of the companies that produces uh, uh, golden syrup in the UK, so, some of their casual information about how golden syrup is made. Um, all right. This is kind of coming in in the middle of it. Here we go. The remaining 36% of sugar needed for the final product is then added to the inversion pan to produce a partial invert. Once dissolved, the density of the sucrose in the solution is a maximum of 83%, and the polarization is plus 20. Skipping a bit ahead. Finally, the golden syrup must pass through an 80-micron filter before it's packed to customers' requirements, ready for delivery. Mmm. Yeah. Well, uh... I will say they do have a history of being pretty uh, close to the chest uh, yes. with this uh, recipe and process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it makes sense that we've both left perhaps not more educated than before <laughs> <laughs> from that description. <laughs> I mean, I basically get what it's saying. I'm just like, oh, heck. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't understand the light thing. I just, I light is confusing at any rate. Um, we do, we do have some history for you, which <laughs> is a, we do. a little bit more understandable. <laughs> just a little bit, but yes. <laughs> and we'll get into that after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay, so golden syrup is often credited to Abram Lyle of the Glebe Sugar Refinery in Greenock, Scotland in 1881. Lyle was born there in 1820. The first job he had was as a cooper with the barrels, um, and then he expanded that into a small shipping business. And through this, he got involved in the sugar trade, and this eventually led him to taking a part share in a nearby sugar refinery factory. The story goes that he was given his share in the refinery by someone who owed him money and couldn't pay any other way. Right. <laughs> uh, but he stuck with it, and he realized that he could make a lot of money if he set up shop selling sugar in London. So in 1881, he relocated to that city where he opened a sugar refining factory called Abram Lyle and Sons on the Thames in London, where he and his sons processed sugarcane into sugar loaves. And these loaves were how sugar was typically consumed at the time. People would buy them and then they would grate or pound them to suit their needs at home after purchasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rather than like a bag of sugar, you would get a loaf of sugar. Exactly. Um So the story goes that one day while feeding the byproducts of his sugar refining process to pigs, he got the idea to find a way to turn this byproduct into something that people could eat and enjoy and, of course, something that he could sell and make money off of. Mm -hmm. Um, So to accomplish this, he enlisted the help of three chemist brothers named John Joseph, Samuel, and Charles Eastick in 1882. Uh, since 1880, the Eastics had been working in the sugar business in London, analyzing imported sugar to help sellers determine prices and duty payments. But there were issues in the supply chain. Um, the corporate website that I was reading this on doesn't mention what issues exactly, though I suspect it had to do with the uh, abolition of slavery in a number of cane-growing places in the Americas around that time. At any rate, uh, yes, sugar refiners were particularly motivated in the early 1880s to find new ways to make money and uh, keep the sugar supply flowing. Right. So together they came up with golden syrup, which they called Goldie. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. By the mid-1880s, it was available in the UK commercially. It was first sold only at grocers from like large wooden barrels, but by 1885 it was in those metal tins. Yes, iconic, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, In some sources, Lyle previously had sold the byproduct, which was this thick syrup that he'd refined using charcoal to his workers in large barrels. And through this, he built up a demand, and that was part of the impetus of his desire to sell the product. I I, I saw a couple different stories Mm -hmm. about the start of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... However it started, this product soon became something of a staple in the UK. It could be found in pantries across the across the UK. The tin and label, which if you haven't seen this label, go look it up. It's beautiful, um, yeah. Apparently it caused quite a stir recently when people were like, wait, what? <laughs> um, it's a dead lion surrounded by bees. Some people thought it was sleeping, I guess, uh, but it's a dead lion. Uh, <laughs> that is became... an ex-lion? Yeah, sure, cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Okay. It became pretty iconic. Um, allegedly, 
Belial was very religious, and the logo was inspired by the story of Samson in the Old Testament's Book of Judges. Samson was attacked by a lion, uh, but was able to kill it by ripping it open. Um, And then he later realizes that bees have built a hive within the lion's carcass, and Samson gets some of the honey from the hive in there, and his family and friends use it in a feast after he gives it to them, unknowing of its origin. Um, And he kind of presents them with a riddle about it. Um, Here's the quote from Judges. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. So he's basically, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what you're saying, man. (laughs) Um, But their slogan is, Out of the strong came forth sweetness. Um, The tins with this design first hit shelves in 1884. And they haven't changed since then other than um, the listed weights that were changed to meet EU regulations. Uh, Though at one point, thanks to shortages during World War II, the tins were made of cardboard. The recipe has remained the same since then, too, according to the company. More or less. Which is why, yeah, (laughs) which is why some have dubbed it the oldest brand in the world. More on that in a second as well. Um, for the 125th anniversary, there were gold tins available. The the green ones were still there, but there was the addition of oh, gold mm. tins. Yes. Mm-hmm. I did read one thing. I couldn't really verify this anywhere, uh, but I did read this source that suggested that golden syrup was first mentioned in the written record in 1840 in Australia. Um and according to this source, this, this product was probably imported from America or the Caribbean and sold by J&T Waterhouse of Rundle Street. Uh, it earned the nickname Cocky's Joy, which I looked up and is still in use. Okay. Yeah. It, it was like, a, it was a newspaper. Like, it's not like just some source <laughs> that had nothing behind it, but it was just, I couldn't get beyond that part. Hmm, yeah. I mean, for sure, like the reason that we have rum is that uh, molasses and, and refiner syrup are industrial byproducts of what was around that time an extremely productive industry. Uh, so it is, it would not be a surprise to me if something similar to golden syrup was in fact being sold elsewhere around the same time or earlier. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Abram Lyle died in 1891. Um, but the legacy lived on. The family was involved in, in a lot of it. Oh, certainly. Uh, when Captain Scott trekked to the Antarctic in the early 1900s, golden syrup was part of the expedition. And Scott wrote to Lyle, your golden syrup has been in daily use in this hut throughout the winter and has been much appreciated by all members of the expedition. Uh, spoiler alert, that, that trip did not go well. Uh, though when, um, explorers unearthed some of his party's supplies from that hut in like 1956, they did find a tin of golden syrup and it was still fine. Well, there you go. (laughs) Yes, there you go. Um, in 1921, Abram Lyle and Sons, which was the name of the company, merged with Henry Tate and Sons to form Tate and Lyle. And from what I read, they had kind of a rivalry, but also kind of an understanding. Hmm. Uh, Like they wouldn't like mess with each other's territory, but then they came together. Mm -hmm. By 1922, King George V was a big fan of golden syrup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he gave a Tate and Lyle royal warrant. Um, He also made a Charles Eastick 
a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire, um, as during World War I, Eastick had headed up the kingdom's sugar rationing program. And speaking of Eastick, uh, Charles Eastick had left Lyle's company back in 1890 to do other work in sugar. I don't think that there was hard feelings, um, but at any rate, in 1928, he opened his own sugar refining factory and company, the aforementioned Regis. Um, they began producing tins of Eastick's golden syrup, which are also still available to this day. Yes. Um, by World War II, the Tate and Lyle factory in London employed 2,000 people. Um, during the war, they operated around the clock and survived air raids. The one person did die during a bombing. Oh. Um, in 1944, the factory was producing 1,000 tons of golden syrup a week. Um, yeah. Yep. The Tate and Lyle Company released Lyle's Black Treacle in 1950, which also went on to become pretty iconic. Yes. Mm -hmm. In 1967, Lyle's original refinery location at Plasto Wharf uh, stopped producing sugar for sale, and instead they focused solely on the syrup. So the, when we're talking about these factories in London, it's the original mm -hmm. place. Yeah, yeah. Also in the 1960s, plastic jars were introduced. Plastic jars. I, I know. Um, <laughs> Oh, well, uh, the Guinness Book of World Records recognized Lyle's Golden Syrup as having the world's oldest packaging and branding in 2008. Basically, they were like, it's really haven't changed the recipe, really haven't changed the branding. <laughs> so, yeah, so. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, and that's when they released the golden packaging. But yes, from what I read from a U.S., perspective a lot of people got introduced to it thanks to the great british bake-off um mm -hmm. yeah but they're fans people are fans some of them just realized what was on the the logo mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um they had to have a whole moment about it yeah, but, yeah. there are also like anti-fans there are people like it's too sweet i mm. don't like it and i don't like you for liking it <laughs> kind of vibe. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, and I did see a couple of people who were kind of fighting about, like, this is really the product you should be getting, not this one. Um, mm -hmm. Which we love those opinions. Oh, always. yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. So, if you have any of those opinions. Oh, yeah. If you have a brand that you prefer, um, if certainly if you have recipes that require it, no other substitution will do. Yes. Please let us know. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, we, <laughs> in, the, in the meanwhile, we do have some listener mail already for you, uh, but we are going to get into that after we get into another quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Balboa Park. Give me a woo. 
roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with... Pouring of syrup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great. Yes. Well, we continue on with these messages about Pizzelle. I love this. <laughs> so many thoughts about Pizzelle. Um, Allie wrote, I've attached a picture of the cookie table at my Pittsburgh cousin's wedding. I don't live in that area, so it's the only one I've ever seen, and they set the bar high. I wanted to send you the video I took walking around it, but Gmail says the 32-second file is too large. <laughs> a note on cookie table etiquette. While I am by no means an expert, a cousin of the groom, other side of the family, so no relation, showed up with a cooler and extra takeaway boxes oh. for themselves. Oh. That is frowned upon. It turned into a good laugh, though. They were still copious cookies for the other guests and for leftovers. Oh, okay. And so to, like, set the scene for y'all, this is this is not a single table. This is a amalgamation of tables set up in a ring. Um, there's potted plant life in the center of the ring. And the table is 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 beladen with uh with cookie trays. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say it's about thirty. Yeah, I think so. Um, of all different kinds, they all look glorious. Yes, people are walking. They're all on different platters. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Some are raised, some are square, mm-hmm. some are round. <laughs> There's one like multi-tier tray out there. Yeah, and everyone mm-hmm. has a plate, and they are circling the cookie buffet table. And uh, what a wonderful thing! I mean, that is a lot of cookies. And look, I you know I understand the looking down upon the cousin who shows the cooler, but there's a part of me that's like. I yeah. mean, I mean, game recognizes game, man. Like, I, that's totally something that you would do. I would try not to do it if, like, I wasn't wanted. But, like, I we used to have lunches in our office, like, every Thursday, once upon a time. Yeah. And I would come, I would show up with Tupperware. I'd be like, nope. This well, is going to go to waste. there were always leftovers. <laughs> there were always so mm-hmm. many left, especially when there was that one glorious period where there had been some <laughs> kind of mix-up and we were getting two lunches every week and we didn't know how to stop the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I should have showed up with a cooler. <laughs> Rolling cooler. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh heck! Oh, I, I miss—I do miss those office days. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Angelo wrote, 
I've been a listener since the foodstuff days, but this might actually be the first time I'm writing in. I was so excited when I saw the Pizzelli episode come through, as that is something I have fond memories of as a child. My family comes from a small city uh, south and east of Rome called uh, Ferentino. It lies right on the border of uh, Lazio and Abruzzo. Am I saying? I'm so sorry. Uh, Sure, those things. Um, On the other side of the mountains. Unfortunately, I had never witnessed my aunt make them, uh, only the intricate and beautifully patterned cookies that she delivered at Christmas time. They were crisp and golden brown, delicately flavored with almond and dusted with powdered sugar, and I haven't had them since she passed. Her English was broken, but I still remember the kindness and care in her dark olive eyes when she delivered them, or hosted a handmade pasta dinner as a labor of love for our family. Seeing pasta draped over every cabinet door and chair in her home was such a fun thing to see as a child. I don't know whether she made the pizzelle with an electric or hand press, uh, but now, thanks to your episode, I'm going to ask around and see if her pizzelle maker has survived the years gone by. I hope I'll have something more to share with you, but if not, thank you so much for making these memories come back, and of course for all the care and research you both put into each episode. P.S. This summer, I will be in an art restoration workshop in the Apulia region of southern Italy, so I am very excited to experience the regional cuisine there. I'll send a postcard your way, uh, since I know your show will be playing in my headphones while I spend hours patiently cleaning paintings. Cool. That's so cool. (laughs) Uh, All of that is cool. Art restoration, painting, cleaning. uh, Yes. It sounds really terrifically nerdy and precise. <laughs> yes. And wonderful. Um, also, oh, what what beautiful memories. And I'm so sorry I just butchered a lot of Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Once again, I was like, Laura, I'll take that. <laughs> Thanks, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> I know these are beautiful memories. Um I love I love those when it comes back to you and you're like, oh yeah, that used to be when I was a kid. Maybe I didn't, like, understand it or appreciate it as much. But when you get older and that memory comes back, like, oh, yeah, it was so, like, precious. Or, like, I knew what that meant when there was pasta everywhere (laughs) or when the the cookies would be delivered. Yeah, Um, yeah. And, like, appreciating the the work that went into it. Because as a kid, everything seems kind of magic, right? Like, until someone mm -hmm. really shows you the process, you're just like, oh, cool, it's a cookie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where where are my cookies? They're yeah. not here. Um, yeah, and I hope you find if you do, let us know if you find oh the, the Pizzelle right? Press. Uh, yeah, because that would be such a cool find. Yeah. Oh, and certainly let us know about the regional cuisine. Um, yes, that you encounter because yes, please, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> let us live vicariously through you. I need to hear about it. <laughs> Yes, please. Um, well, thanks to both of these listeners for writing in. Um, if you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. And we are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. 
Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.